Yeah. All right. Everybody ready? Yes, absolutely. I was born ready. I was born in the darkness. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Press X to Podcast, where the guys and sometimes gals from COG Connected talk about video games and, I don't know, whatever else we feel like talking about. My name is Paul. I'm the host. And alongside me today, as always, my partner in crime, it's James. Hello. And new addition to the podcast, and I, I guess technically to the Cog Connected family, we've got Rhett. How's everybody doing tonight? I am doing very, very well. Just, just so good. Just so good. James, you mentioned that you were full of food and wine. You are absolutely correct. Um, my girlfriend cooked a very carb-heavy meal, and I'm incredibly grateful for it. And there was white wine, which I'm also grateful for, but like in a different way. I see. I see. So uh, you don't subscribe to the uh, wheat belly, gluten-free lifestyle of the rest of Vancouver? No, not even the slightest, littlest bit. Great, Carbs because... will probably not kill you. No, there's literally no scientific backing for any of that gluten-free stuff, unless you're celiac, in which case you shouldn't eat wheat. <laughs> Rhett, what are your feelings on wheat? Uh, well, I mean, I'm just polishing off a tall, cool Budweiser at the moment, actually. So, oh, uh, delicious. Delicious. Uh, wheat, big fan. Big fan. I'm, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So you said tall. How tall are we talking? Um, tall enough. Okay, that's like cryptic. A, like a, like a regular size can, or like a like a like an extra like could could play in a local basketball league kind of can of beer. Like what are we talking here? Yeah, it's one of those big like bigger than a tall boys. You know what I mean? It's like a oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. extra tall, extra yeah. tall, yeah, extra tall, extra wide. Will have like health problems later in his life because like the blood can't circulate properly and like might drop dead of a heart attack at fifty four. Most likely. Oh, yeah, yeah, very tragic. Anyway, like 56. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Budweiser is not an objectively good beer, but a friend of mine has a great opinion that there is a time and a place for literally every beer. And uh, podcasting is a great place to whip out the 28 ounce Budweiser. Yeah, yeah, and confirm. Absolutely. So, this podcast is about video games. Uh, do you guys, are you Is aware that, of those? Uh, sort of. Okay. I've, I've played a video game in my life. Good, good. I do, uh, know, I, I do know Metal Gear Solid. I do know that. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Like, yeah. Oh, speaking my language. <laughs> Gotta love that Kojima. Mm -hmm. Um, who, who made that noise of... I'm not sure that you've got to love Kojima. Is that you, James? Um, I mean, I've I've generally got a lot to say about Hideo Kojima because he's an auteur in the video game industry, which um, is not a common occurrence. <laughs> and that's true. Demands a demands a little attention, examination, uh, an attempt to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. he, he is, is yeah i mean he's been let off the chain by someone lately <laughs> he's in the news like the top 10 articles on the site out of maybe the top 20 are about death stranding as they should be as they should be i'm yeah. personally shocked that that's coming out this year i right it yeah. doesn't seem real i thought that was a 2025 release at best <laughs> yeah i mean he did leave the door open for more death strandings uh in the the strand universe so i mean never say never the Strandiverse. yes so Where... has anybody played anything that actually is out or will be out like real tangible games this week i played some borderlands mm. Played some NHL twenty. Oh, well, okay. Ooh, All right. Hey, hello. Played some, of, played some of that new Red Dead Online uh, update. Hmm. Uh, 
I'm still battling my way through Fire Emblem. I don't know oh if I'll God. I don't know if I'll ever finish that game to be honest. I'm in cha- I think I'm in chapter 10 and I'm 55 hours in. So like I don't know if I'm ever going to finish it. Odds are better that the game will in fact finish you first. I feel that way right now actually. I I won't say anything, but I'm in mourning currently and I think that game will finish me off before I finish. Yeah, I haven't beat it either, but James, you did the review. Fire Emblem's your baby. Um, it's pretty delightful. I I ran into a self-imposed grinding problem because I don't want to leave anybody behind, even if they, like, you know, can't shoot a bow and arrow to literally save their fucking life. <laughs> so um, I get a lot of, like, situations where battles are done one and a half to 1.75 times just to, like, finish the stage. And there's a lot of, like careful maneuvering of people so that they stay out of like dragon fire and like claw attacks and shit and I, I feel like I'd be done the game if I was a little more cavalier about people's lives but I just love all of them that's my problem with it absolutely I'm like each move I spend too much time analyzing everything you know and I know that there's the divine pulse but that kind of feels like cheating to me you know what I mean? oh then I've cheated a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I cheat like fucking crazy if that's the case. I don't know. I just I can't get behind that move, that, that divine pulse. But then again, I I also like I feel like I've spent a lot of time over leveling to the point where I'm like too over leveled now. So I I don't really need to. I I never get to the point where I really need to use it that often. I'll tell you where there's no divine pulse. That's mm. in NHL 20, and that could mean any number of things in my opinion. Yes. Uh, so, Rhett, tell me, tell me why you said what you said in the review, because I, I greatly disagree with your opinion of the game. Uh, well, so, it's, like, it's been a long time coming for this game. I, I feel like we've had, in the past 20 years, there's been, like, four versions of the game that have, like, pushed the series forward. I, I think back to probably 2004, 2007, when they added the, uh, the shot stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2013, I believe it was. And then now, 20, 2020. Um, yeah, I feel like they finally like got the right idea. They're, they're, they're moving the game. I, I've said it a couple times in the review, but they're moving the game towards like a more simulation experience. It's it's gonna take you know there, there's gonna be like a you know a little bit of a, a, a uh, what's the word for it uh, the, the, I'm biking what's the word I'm looking for right now it sort of uh, sounds like you're suggesting that this game is gonna get really good in one or two more iterations and that's well, a little troubling I do think that the game is good now I think that it plays better than it ever has uh, like I said in the review you know the the shovel shots have been completely eliminated and that's a huge part of the game like playing battling in front of the net is better than it's ever been um, but there's like a lot of uh, the, there's a lot of old issues that that you know, start to creep through and, and then start to seep through. And um, yeah, it's it's better than it's ever been on the ice, but there's a lot of work to be done off the ice. That's that's really what I was trying to go for. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like a like a two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And which is okay. usually the case with the game. I'll be the first to admit, you know, where's where's GM connected years prior? Or where's Where's like the the ability to hit somebody into the bench? Why why can't we like break the glass? I know we haven't seen the glass break in an NHL game, and I don't know, it's been a while, but like the, all these things that have been in in games years prior, I don't know. I, I it's regression in my eyes at that point. When you're taking that stuff out. What really scares me is that we're at the end of a console generation, and uh, like the last time we jumped forward to the PS4 and the Xbox One. The game took like several steps back, and Absolutely. I'm very worried that that's going to happen next year. I couldn't agree more. That maybe the worst version of NHL in the past twenty years was the first one on the new mm-hmm. consoles. Yeah, it was super disappointing. Well, 
I guess not that I'm like any sort of expert on sports games, but I think based on the nature of the console jump that's coming up, I don't know that it's going to be quite as potentially catastrophic. Like I think we're not doing the like massive leap forward in graphics anymore. Everything I've heard has been like, oh, well, things are going to run a whole lot better and everything's going to be faster and more efficient. And I feel like that's the kind of move that developers can kind of make mm-hmm. with a little more confidence and like yeah. maybe NHL 2021 won't be a complete fuck fest. <laughs> so why, why, why is 20 a complete fuck fest to you? Well, I'm not so I'm saying I'm just saying like what you said about like the one that comes with the next console is generally problematic. Right. Oh, of course. I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. I think what bothers me about 20 and basically every version of NHL since probably 13, like you said, is that when they make an improvement like, uh, you know, the skating or the shooting, skating last year, shooting this year, when you're doing that one thing, you're like, yeah, this is good. This is good. And then you pull back onto defense and you, you know, you gap your, uh, you gap the winger correctly and he still does the same lob shot into the opposite corner that's been happening since mm-hmm. i don't know like oh nine probably right things like that really stick out to me as there's not enough iteration happening here and uh one of the the comments on our video review on youtube which i found particularly telling was uh something along the lines of you lost me at ea vancouver is working very hard <laughs> which is savage <laughs> Well, I mean, that's kind of the, that's just the mindset, right? That's the idea. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of what's out there with, with EA right now. But I don't know. I think uh, I think a lot of it at the time is justified. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of it at the time isn't, you know. In, in this case, I do think that they put out a really good game. Show. Um, I'm really looking forward to the series. And believe me, like, this is coming from a guy who strongly disliked 17, 18, even 19. I, I uh, found there. I found a lot to be, you know, <laughs> a lot to be wrong with nineteen. Holy, uh, yeah, twenty. Yeah, twenty. I've been enjoying. And maybe again, I, I mentioned it in my in my review, but uh, I never got into World of Chell in nineteen. That's a oh, yeah. big reason why I'm into twenty right now. I'm I'm like totally addicted to to like unlocking stuff for my guy and getting in there with a couple buddies of mine. We've got a little club going and. Man, I'm addicted to that. It's that's a good time. Yeah, I really like the ones mode. I think that's a mm-hmm. like the ultimate test of uh how what's your mastery of this game? Can you battle the skill stick well enough to take out your opponent? Exactly. It's super rewarding. Like super, super rewarding the ones is threes is a little much. You know, I don't like the smaller ice and mm-hmm. uh yeah, it gets a little too chaotic for me, but ones and that EASHL. Uh, yeah, six v six. That's a good time. Cool, cool. NHL twenty. Uh, James, tell me about. Can you talk about Link's Awakening? Well, by the time this episode airs, yes, I absolutely can. Sweet. <laughs> so the main thing I want to bring up is the thing that people have been talking about ever since the first like E three preview came out, and that's that they're worried about the the graphical performance or whatever, like the frame rate. Hmm. Because, like, anybody, anytime you read a write-up of it from, like, June onwards, it's like, oh, well, uh, there's a lot of frame rate dips, and it runs kind of buggy. And I'm like, well, first of all, no, fuck you. It runs buggy for a Nintendo game, which means it is 5% less than completely perfect. Um, I did notice that the uh, frame rate dips slightly sometimes in the overworld sections. And I did continue to notice it for about two to four minutes. And then I completely forgot and never thought of it again until I had to write the review. Is that um, because you were busy waking the windfish? Um, it, it's the sort of thing you can only see when you're looking for it very carefully like when you're just mm. playing and engaging with enemies and going through the overworld and you know exploring dungeons and doing you know zelda shit it's you forget about it really really fast 
I haven't done extensive testing to see like what the like the the frame drop is like in uh uh docked versus handheld, but I don't think it's a significant difference and I think it's just as forgettable whatever mode you're playing with. Like I I'm I'm a pretty serious Zelda fanboy, but I legit completely forgot that the graphics thing was supposed to be a problem until uh like this morning when I started doing the write up. Um aside from that, it's just like a solid remake. Um I I did kind of forget how frustrating Link's Awakening can be sometimes because it's sort of obtuse and they uh like I'm not I I'll I'll look to walkthroughs for help. And I have to tell you, they changed a few little things just enough so that <laughs> most of the time I went to a walkthrough, it was fucking useless. <laughs> like, just one little thing like, oh, this guy doesn't drop a key anymore. Or, oh, they changed how many secret seashells are out there in the world in total. So, like, all their, like, guides to how many you need to get, like, the second level sword, useless. I and like, there are a few things I wouldn't give to be on a fly on the wall as you swear at Link's Awakening and its inability to adhere to uh, past walkthroughs. Man, okay, I was doing Dungeon Eight or whatever, and just bashing my head against the fucking wall for like forty-five minutes. I'm like feeling like I want to like put both of my fists at the same time through my monitor just to like feel like I'm in control of something. <laughs> and then just like on a fluke after like the ninth time running through the same section of dungeon that I can't get past. I'm like, oh, hey, maybe I could do this one thing. And then I got by. And that's that's the Zelda experience before like online help and players guides. Yeah. And it was a really strange feeling. It's like I was nine all over again and like stuck on the same spot for like weeks or months or whatever. So it seems like maybe your opinion has cooled on this as one of the greatest Zeldas ever. Oh my god, this is my game of the year. Um, I was pretty ready to put it in my contenders list for game of the year, but I never actually had a lot of time with this one as a kid. It's very similar to my favorite Zelda game of all time, but it's not. Mm. Um, Although, Which... I will... Oh, A Link to the Past. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I beat that game at least once a year, every year, for the last decade. Yeah. It's actually the only Zelda game I've ever played. So that, the, the Link to the Past remake on the GBA all those years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah it was really yeah, good. I never beat it, though, actually. So uh, Link's Awakening, I've really been looking forward to getting back into that sort of style, and it looks so gorgeous. Oh, man, it looks so beautiful. Um, yeah, when you're wandering through the overworld and it's doing like that tilt shifting stuff and like uh the lighting's all beautiful and like the music's pumping, you're like, wow, this is fucking art. This is a diorama that somebody brought to life. It's amazing. Um and then when you're like stuck in a dungeon, you wanna like snap your switch in half like a fucking <laughs> Kit Kat bar. And it, it it it's it's the cycle, it's fine. So is A Link to the Past or A Link Between Worlds better, James? Um, I th think they're on pretty equal footing. Like, I think Link Between Worlds was definitely a necessary thing to do to introduce people to that world. And I can totally understand people being like, oh, I can't deal with those really old games. And, like, this one just feels more feature complete. Mm -hmm. But... To me, because I grew up with the original, the sequel just sort of feels like um, uh, it feels like pandering. It feels like mining the vein of nostalgia, so to speak. So it can never it can never be completely genuine. But on the other hand, is it it is objectively a fantastic Zelda game. All right. So uh, Link's Awakening that's out on Friday twentieth. Yes. Yes. Friday the 20th. Um, also out on Friday the 20th is the Switch Lite. Yeah. Um, I mean, what is it a Switch? Is it a Switch if it doesn't switch? No. No. It's light. It is light. It is. Um, Very light. 
it's uh because I do capturing, there's no reason for me to own it. Yeah. Uh Nintendo sent one over. Um, so I've been poking at that literally this afternoon because that's when it showed up. Um, okay. It is it feels way better than the standard switch when you're holding it. Aww. Uh, it's nowhere near as rickety. Yeah. Aww. That makes sense because you know the I, I think that the switch is like the best handheld I've ever had. But that makes a lot of sense for them to actually, you know, make the switch a, a handheld, a, a full handheld, you know, that that makes a ton of sense for it to be. Okay. I know they're not gonna call it anything but a switch light, but for us, the consumer, who know damn well that it's not switching to anything else, we need another name for this fucking thing. Oh my god! Um, I want to call it like um it's the it's the Sand Switch, the Nintendo Sand Switch. The we'll just call it the Nintendo Boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not terribly inclusive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, it taps into like internet and meme culture that's been sort of fixated on that particular term as a like catch-all, and it also is a an homage to like consoles past. And I mean, I, think I just like brilliant. the idea of being like, I'm gonna bust up my Nintendo boy, and we're like, whoa, that's weird. Okay, <laughs> like maybe let's, let's have a talk about that. <laughs> I had to plug in my Nintendo boy to charge. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it seems like a really nice piece of hardware. So if you don't need to capture or you don't own a television and never want to dock it, uh, it's probably the one to own. Um, also, the screen in uh, very minimal head-to-head -head testing, the screen seems better. It's brighter. Nice. Um, I don't feel like the resolution or quality of the screen is much different but it is definitely brighter and the uh the left hand side of the control grip has the plus sign not the stupid buttons so if you want to play mario or literally Actual any platform ever yeah it does have a, a legit d-pad which feels pretty much like d-pads of nintendo's past so which is to say very good i haven't tried any street fighter or anything to see you know, check out some fireball motion, but I'm sure it's good. I play Street Fighter games, like, with claws instead of hands, so it doesn't make a difference <laughs> to me. I, like, have the two fingers, like, hovering over the, the down, back, down, forward buttons, and I'm just like, <laughs> and it's, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't look good at all, but, like, I can see how a D-pad would be much better. Well, uh, good luck me getting that image out of my head of Hey, so you have who's been playing Borderlands the Third? Ah, uh, that's me. That's me. Um, I'm not reviewing it, but it is definitely some more Borderlands. That's the consensus I'm seeing here. I, I had no idea what I was doing uh, on uh, Metacritic at least, and I'm looking it up now. It's not doing so well. I didn't realize that fans don't like this game. What's it metaing at right now? Uh, 79 critic score, 5.3 user, though. And I, tend, yeah. I, I tend to look Ooh. at the user, you know? Ooh. Yeah. Well, that critic score has come down quite a bit. Um, Gearbox somewhat infamously didn't send out review code to very many places, so there was some chatter that maybe they were sending it out to uh, places that were likely to give it a high score because I remember on release day it was up in the high 80s. It was like 87, 88 on the Metacritics. I should say that that's the uh, that's the PS4 Metacritic. On PC, it's got an 84, but a 5.2 user score. Wow. Yeah. So so Brett, um, I don't know if you've heard on the grapevine but uh, I'm not what you would call a fan of the Borderlands franchise. Um, just, to, just to warn everybody who's maybe tuning in for the first time in a while. Um, Nor am I. I think that game is 
a bloated fucking mess. And by game, I, of course, mean franchise. Um, well, do tell, please. Basically, it focuses too much on, like, constantly changing out your gear with, like, minor alterations that don't really add up to a whole lot. Like, they plunk in all these RPG mechanics so you can make you feel like you're... They're trying to get that loot grind happening where you're like, oh, better stuff, better stuff, better stuff. But because it's still a fucking first-person shooter, a lot of that doesn't really matter if you're not good with guns. And if you are good with guns, it matters even less than it did before. Like, no amount of fucking fun, uh, bright pink and green chaos bullshit personality you can slap on the top layer is going to make a difference when in the actual core gameplay loop you're just picking up an endless succession of slightly different guns seeing which one will best suit you for this next random ass side mission where you're killing x amount of this in order to fucking find some meaning in your fucking life i just <laughs> you hate this game I just, yeah. I tried so yeah, hard with the first two and could not fucking do it. I finished the first one after much duress and strife, could not get through the second one. And like, just because it was like more of the same, but also just, I know. There's well, complete respect to you for battling it out through two games. And now, so have you played three or? Fuck no. Yeah, okay. I, man, I, I don't Fair get enough. the time, man. I got like. Like a full-time job, and we're always going up and doing stuff. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, your opinion, or your, not your opinion, your description of the flow of the loop is not wrong. Like, that is completely accurate. You're killing things that don't matter. You're just shooting in an arena and picking up, you know, a ton of guns for no particular reason other than there are green arrows. And yeah. you, equip, you equip the green arrows, and you sell the red arrows, and... um. Your backpack's way too small, so you're in the shitty menu way too often. I mean, it's it's a slog for... I mean, if you want to play with with people and just chat with your buddies and do something mindless while you're chatting away, like you can definitely do that. But it's not something you're going to want to sit down for the rich, uh, glowing narrative and uh, amazing mechanical structure. Like, that's one of the reasons I really liked... Uh... Rage 2 is because it tangles tangles with that same world building idea of like a crazy apocalyptic scenario where everybody looks nuts and acts nuts and it's fun and stupid but there's like 10 guns and there's none of this like fucking about with like minor stat differences and the shooting feels better like <laughs> mm. which you know is kind of a big deal yeah, I mean, yeah. The shooting feels huge... fine, but it's not it's not great. And I was a huge fan of uh, First Rage. Mm. Yeah. It was before its time. Way yeah. before its time, yeah. So I really want to get into that. I think the second one's on sale right now, actually. Easy recommendation. Yeah, yeah. I'm yep. sure it's, I'm sure it's solid. Mm. Uh, yeah, before that I played River City Girls, which was great if you liked the NES game you will like this game because it has lots of personality and good voice acting and the combat is fun and I don't know man it's fucking Kunio-kun just get into it yeah I looked up the trailer before we started and it does look like a ton of fun I love that old school beat em up style the color palette is really fun you know everything about the way the like the the in, like the way the menu and the interface is all designed all of it has like this punch and this pop that like just really gets you into it and like all the still frame art they use for like going into shops and like uh the character portraits all of it is just like full of life and really well crafted yeah the pixel art is um, really really good oh it's fucking solid um and because uh, Arc System Works is like affiliated with it or like overseeing it or like or involved in some way you know that the combat is going to feel pretty decent although I don't actually know what their involvement in it is like I think they were like a consultant or some shit because as far as I understand WayForward just like has this thing from top to bottom mm -hmm. like I don't get why their name is on the box in any way but like I'm happy it's there I don't know it's weird 
Yeah, um, I don't know. I really want to play that, though. It Not just because River City Ransom is so classic, but I need a new beat-em-up in my life, and I don't think Streets of Rage 4 is going to be it. No, um, this one actually keeps you engaged, and the fights are interesting, and there's a fuck ton of moves. And like as soon as I discover the specials for the first time, like there's this one that's like the spinning drill kick like Cammy uses in Street Fighter. Oh, it's so good. Hmm. Sweet. Uh yep. is that like a budget title or is it pricey? Um uh, I don't know. Um, I would guess it's probably comfortably in the middle in terms of price because it's like there's a lot of voice acting talent mm-hmm. attached to it. And um it's the newest in a pretty respectable franchise in japan so i'm under the impression it's probably at least canada side like 30 40 bucks probably somewhere in that range yeah. i i would uh 30 30 on uh, steam currently nice okay yeah. no that's fair that's good yeah. cool cool uh anything else i know you played blair witch Rhett. yeah blair witch was okay uh it has its ups and downs i think that i may have been a little i don't know disillusioned on the game or, or a little uh i i heard that the game was supposed to be like this you know it was supposed to be uh considered one of like the all-time greats or like it had it was kind of getting this hype you know being up in the, in the upper echelons with silent hill 2 Oh. I played it. I played it, and I'm like, "This is okay. This is okay." Now that final, the final part of the game. Spoiler alert, you know. But uh, the final part of the game, um, quite good. Yeah, like it was. It was by far the best part of the game. It was worth getting through the rest of it to to get to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Rhett, I have to know who was hyping this game up to you because. I've heard nothing about this since E3. And it was so. just it was just the uh, couple sites that I went to. I think one of them may have been GameSpot. I think there may have been an IGN in there where I, uh, I saw yeah exactly where I saw an article that uh, was talking about again how it was right up there with Silent Hill two, and I think they said Amnesia as well, and it was supposed to be one of these <laughs> all time great horror games. So I was super excited. Uh, I figured like the property's good. I've I've been a big fan of the property my entire life. So it, the game kind of came out of nowhere too. It's not like there's a Blair Witch movie coming out, is there? That I'm aware of. I, I no, no, definitely that. not. So so it kind of came out of nowhere. I figured, hey, maybe somebody had an idea for this and they were going to do something good with it. And again, you know, there there are parts that work really really well. Like the audio, if you play the game with headphones, it's actually pretty. They they've got like this full three sixty degree audio thing going on. Do do you get the sense that this was a uh, Blair Witch project from the beginning, or was this a random horror game that they decided to slap Blair Witch into at some point? That's a good point. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Actually, that it very well could have been something else. It very well could have been something else. The camera that they have in the game, the the little camcorder handheld, that could have been something. That could have been like the idea that they had uh, for something else. You know, they were like building a game based around this camera. When they saw, you know, the similarities between their gameplay and the Blair Witch movie, maybe they, maybe maybe they did start to kind of push it towards like the Blair Witch. Maybe they did start to add the the lore throughout the forest and things like that. Hmm. Yeah, um, I feel like that's speaking really of fly in the wall conversations, that's definitely what I'd want to be a part of to see like when in this project's life cycle the Blair Witch brand was attached to it. Yeah, because, you know, I, I mentioned Amnesia. The game kind of feels like Amnesia. Now that you say that, now that I think about other games, it really feels like it does kind of kind of feel like Amnesia. So uh, who knows? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, like that dog, games. though. They they give they give you bullet the dog the German Shepherd. One of the better companions I've seen in gaming. You can never go wrong with a game that's got a good dog in it. 
right? And there's like three or four different pet animations where like he'll run up to you and he'll like lay down. You can give him a belly rub or he'll jump up on you. And yeah. Sick. Well, we know where their uh, development effort went into. It was dog (laughs) mechanics. 100%. In that house at the end. This is totally off topic, but I read an article the other day where somebody hacked the camera in PT and it turns out that throughout the entire game, the girl is directly behind you. Oh, I saw this, and yeah. she's like terrifying. Oh God! You yeah. want you want to talk about one of the all time greats? Like that we got robbed of. Man, PT, Silent Hill, the new whatever it was going to be called, Silent Hill. I assume that was going to be a game changer. Yeah, that's YouTube playthroughs of that are some of my favorite fucking videos I've seen yes. in the last half decade <laughs> where people yeah, like, are like I don't want to turn around I'm not turning around I'm not doing it <laughs> oh it's so good yeah yeah that is uh, one of the great tragedies of our time and probably related to uh, Kojima's um, exit yeah exit from Konami and Konami's entrance into the pachinko uh, realm perfect as they hey. love seeing snake <laughs> on the pachinko machines oh yeah so I know we don't have like a huge list of news things to talk about today mm-hmm. but I do want to take just a moment just one moment to talk about Pokemon Okay. because they did a reveal of one of the the new ones coming to the new games <laughs> in November and I fucking love him yes. so much. Yes. <laughs> uh, tell me more. I didn't see this. Uh, his name is Surfetched. So Farfetch, the Pokemon that is literally just a duck holding a vegetable, <laughs> has finally gotten an evolution. And he's like this buff, Chad-looking motherfucker with like a leak sword and a sword. leak shield <laughs> and like really serious eyebrows who, and I'm being serious, according to the Pokedex entry, weighs 257 pounds. Oh, I didn't notice that. Wow. Yeah, so somebody pointed this out on Twitter earlier today, and I just where is this weight? Like, is this a a clerical (laughs) error when they were typing it up? Like, is he 25.7? I can see that, because he's a duck, but like, 257 pounds? Like, is this thing like walloping around a man-sized leak sword? Like, ugh. Farfetch was like two pounds. <laughs> yeah. It's a big evolution. And it's so funny. My girlfriend and I were just like last month, we were like, out of all the Pokemon, we thought that Farfetch needed an evolution more than any other. Where's the love for Farfetch? Sure enough. I guess if I don't have this guy in my party. Well, apparently he's Pokemon Sword only, in case you were I'm going wondering sword. which version to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going exactly. Sword. Yeah. Team Sword, man. <laughs> man. How will Team Shield respond? They won't. Well, I mean, can't. Sword, sword <laughs> Pokemon Sword already has the, like, the, 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 the legendary that's a wolf with a sword in its mouth, mm-hmm. which on its own is enough of a, like, deal sealer. Yeah, they would. But now they have... Sir Chad, the fucking leak leak knight. Um, there's there's no there's no question. What what what's Shield gonna bring? Fifty seven pounds. Like that's okay. news. Yeah. If there was if there's one takeaway from this podcast, it's that Sir Fesh is gonna be two hundred fifty seven pounds. <laughs> like, thank you, Nintendo. Thank you, Game Freak. Is there a, yeah. like a listed height for this for this oh, duck, yeah. or is he duck height and weighs at least that much? seventeen or eighteen feet tall? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm googling that shit right now. Right this second. Finding this guy. Like what kind on... of chad density are we dealing with here? The, the highest. The highest density. <laughs> yeah. The highest density. Um please please tell me about this pokemon. Um Yeah, somebody somebody on my feed pointed out that he is Yeah, no. He's 0.8 meters tall and 117 <laughs> kilograms. Oh, man. It's unreal. 
You could <laughs> wow. if if he wasn't like three hundred pounds, you could like kick him like a football. <laughs> wow. I wonder if he's one of these ones that you can uh, Dynamax. Is that what it's called? Dynamax. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if yeah. he's going to be one of these ones. That too. Oh man. Maybe they just but... default the weight to when he's like thirty <laughs> feet tall. Yeah, yeah. And it just never changes. <laughs> Imagine that insane weight. Oh. Just thousands upon thousands of pounds yeah. of pure leak carrying <laughs> duck muscle. Yeah, he'll swing that fucking uh, soup vegetable in like a big wide arc, and like buildings will just like collapse, oh. like 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 they're made of, of fucking matchsticks, and he's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. he's a world eater. Man. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I kind of forgot that Pokemon was coming out this year, and uh, it looks good. It I'm very glad you've been good. remembered. It looks yeah. like they're, I... they're they're finally starting to get towards style i think the next gen of them is going to be the you know zelda pokemon hybrid where it's open world and all the pokemon are out there that's what we've been building towards right 20 years that's what we've been waiting for i think people need to understand and appreciate how much of a japanese franchise pokemon is yeah like when people are like oh my god i can't believe they've been using the same character models and shit like that for six years i want to point out to them a few things one dragon quest which has changed under extreme duress and has been dragged kicking and screaming into the 21st century mm-hmm. and it's the most popular franchise in japan um and then there's like yakuza which changes as little as it can possibly get away with um from entry to entry people will argue that it's not the case but i mean it's just criminals punching criminals with wacky mini games and it has been since like the very first entry um well i mean now that game does have uh turn-based combat for yeah. yakuza 7 interesting yeah but like the point i'm trying to make is that japanese franchises change <laughs> as little as they can as they can possibly get away with fire emblem as well right there were another one oh, just just up, yes. just up until the switch version here yeah it was yeah Yeah. like it's it's the same basic game with like nicer window trimmings and has been since the superness era i think Mm -hmm. yeah that's true that is true um what else does nintendo have this year there there's um luigi's mansion but yeah anything else of no um mario and sonic at the olympic games looks really good does Mm. does there's so much to it like it looks like it's going to be the mario party you know what i mean it's not not quite mario party but it looks like it's going to be the nintendo party game to all oh holy shit yes the idea that you can get like all these different characters and like olympics level karate tournaments against each other that's fucking amazing yeah yeah it looks really good let's all just say a little prayer that it is not uh a mario party clone because <laughs> Uh, fuck that game. Please. You oh, no. Built to no. this day, the most underdeveloped, most disappointing game out of Nintendo on the Switch, bar none. They've, they've done Mario and Sonic at the Olympics before in previous uh, yep. console generations. Mm-hmm. So if you want an idea roughly of what this game is going to be like, you can look to those ones. And I think the biggest difference is that it's on, or it's going to be on like a very couch co op party game friendly system unless you got a switch light and yeah and also sega has been leaning super duper hard into its like status as a meme engine and it's for the good of the world what are the odds that they uh add some like free dlc to mario and sonic at the olympic games with a new character movie sonic the odds of them doing that before they add any sort of DLC to Mario Party, very high. Very, very high. <laughs> I think Movie Sonic is going to be disappointing in his, like, blandness and his, like, broad appeal. I think he's going to be like, oh, 
This doesn't offend anybody, and it's gonna make me so sad. I want my CGI nightmare back. God damn it. I feel <laughs> robbed. It's gonna be like the Simpsons car for everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good for literally nobody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he had teeth. He had human teeth and 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 regular the hands of a man and 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 like and bright shiny animal eyes like it's just he he was gonna rob children of their sleep for fucking <laughs> years to come and now we can't have that disturbingly muscular blue legs yeah yeah what a nightmare god go on i'm gonna miss him my god <laughs> tell me more i'm sure yeah. there's probably some fan fiction about uh that particular fellow guaranteed <laughs> Listen, nobody nobody wants to go opening the Pandora's box that is Sonic the Hedgehog fan fiction. Unless you do, in which case, you know, Godspeed, get after it. But um but but maybe not. I mean, we have discussed it before. So We have. We have. So, you know. <laughs> we might be the people who are looking to open Pandora's box. Looks directly at the Ark of the Covenant. Uh yeah, so uh, news-wise, there's like basically only one piece of news I wanted to bring up, which is that despite Xbox having little to no uh, first-party content that anybody gives a shit about, Game Pass continues to just slay with the titles they're getting. It's actually insane how much how much there is on Game Pass. I'm scrolling through it right now. I'm like, yeah, so context on that, this week's editions are Jump Force and Bloodstained. Yeah. Which, Jump Force is not a good game, uh, <laughs> but a lot of people want to play it. And Bloodstained is a very good game, and a lot of people want to play it. So, I mean, those are good gets, and um, I think Sony is going to have to respond to that in one way or another uh, in the new generation. Definitely. Definitely. Um... When is the Xbox Game Pass getting its, like, PC version for those of us who don't own a Microsoft console? I'm pretty sure it's out now, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, that's not a thing. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I just remember them talking about it, and then I never heard about it again. Like, I, it came up at E3, and then I stopped seeing news about it. So I'm like, is it is it a thing now? Is it a thing later? Like, I don't know. I'm Googling. I'm, I'm not a man who's in dire need of more video games to play, so I haven't been following it that closely. That's pretty much why but. I don't have Game Pass. I, I don't need to have the access to all this stuff. I'm already overwhelmed. Okay, it's in beta. It's in beta. Okay. Okay. And... Yeah, it has Gears 5, Blair Witch, Kingdom Come Deliverance, Dead Rising 4... Oh, Metal Gear Solid Steam. HD Edition. You get Sons of Liberty and Snake Eater. Yo, I downloaded that yesterday. Yeah, man. Oh, oh, doesn't what a better. treasure. It doesn't get better than that. If they had one in there too, like, probably wouldn't need any other game. <laughs> Four and five, you probably want those. Yeah. Um. So, like, this is kind of a ill-advised aside. I am not a huge fan of Metal Gear Solid 1. Savage. Savage. That might be the best one of the entire Okay, but like, do you say this having played it in the last year or two? Or is this uh, entirely... Not, not in the last year or two, but I've beaten that two dozen times at least. It's like it's, okay. It's the story, really. Like, And that's yeah. really... Other than 5, like Metal Gear was an interactive movie, essentially. Yeah, and I felt like one, it just has the tightest story out of all of them. You know, it could be a standalone game, um, and it was revolutionary at the time. Like I played that thing for the first time when I was like eight, maybe I want to say nine. Okay. That because... like that changed gaming. I'd, I'd never had seen a game, you know, be treated like that before. I'd never seen anything like that before. So maybe that I that's that's a lot of where my opinion. Well, because for me, I played it for the first time as, like, a fully developed adult, like, a, maybe a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had some real trouble 
acclimatizing to the controls. Uh, yeah, yeah, the controls. Oh, it's old. It's old and it's Japanese. Like no doubt about it. James, did you play the original or did you play the like updated Twin Snakes version? I never touched Twin Snakes, although that's probably to my detriment. I I hear that like a lot of the bosses and stuff kind of relied very heavily on a particular camera perspective, and when they moved into 3D or whatever, like proper 3D, like easy. yeah, like a lot of the like challenge and entry couldn't survive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And and with Twin Snakes, I I strongly dislike the because they re-recorded all the voice acting. They brought, yeah, every, uh-huh. they brought everybody back in and did all the voices over. And so many of the classic lines weren't delivered as well as they were the first time, even though it was the same actor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a big thing with me when I played that game. The first time through Twin Snakes, I was like, what the fuck is happening? This is, this is my Metal Gear, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> when you get to the Revolver Ocelot fight and you just pop into first person and just yeah, blow like, them away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. It it was definitely a revolutionary game. I don't like the gameplay definitely doesn't hold up super yeah. super well, but um yeah, and probably neither does the story if you take your nostalgia goggles off, but it was doing things that nobody had even dreamed of before and I think that's kind of been the hallmark of Kojima's games generally yeah, is that he's it's, been trying to push the limits. Yeah, it's it's culturally very important. And practically unplayable, but like, no, but s- no still way. essential, essential. Absolutely not. It is absolutely not still anybody. Well, not anybody. <laughs> you know, it's that's a good game. And as far as the story goes, I don't think that I've got story like this, the the tale of the lone soldier being sent into a base to stop this terrorist organization from launching nuclear missiles. Like that's something that you know. That story's still being written today. It's a it's, it's a tried and true formula. And oh, definitely, definitely. It's it's the basis for for two, well, for two and four, I should say three. You know, obviously, it's the prequel, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, when I when I think of the story, I say that it could be a contained game. It could be, you know, but it's it's also I I then think to two and I think to four and I well, it's just one. It's, you know. I think it's arguably the greatest saga in video games. And yes. when I say when I say that the story doesn't hold up, I mean some of the writing doesn't hold up as Oh yeah, no, you know, being modern and and of the same caliber as something that's going to come out this year. But, I absolutely um, agree with that. Going back to it cuz I I want to say maybe 4 or 5 years ago I played it and I was playing it with my roommate and we both were commenting about how like just how Japanese the writing is, how much it's like an anime, you know? And yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Right? Like it's exactly like that. And and two, the games after that all they tried to, I think, get away from that formula, or at least they they were a little bit more westernized in uh, the dialogue. But the first one for sure, yeah, it is. I totally see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he... Even if they did move away a little bit from it being super, super anime, I mean, look at Metal Gear Rex. It is literally just a Gundam. Uh, oh, yeah, totally. But, totally. like, in two, Sons of Liberty is arguably the best bait-and-switch ever with the tanker versus uh, the plant and playing as Raiden and do, all that. Do you that, hate Raiden? Which, which side do you fall on? You know, I liked... I definitely prefer being Snake, but that, I, that game doesn't work if you're Snake. And he's around for 85% of the game. Yeah. He's right there with you for most of the game. And like looking down his nose at Raiden, what are you doing, you pop? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, he sees. He sees the simulation. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So, knowing how much Kojima loves to subvert expectations and fuck with players' general understanding of, like, what his games and games in general should be, what what do you predict is going to be the thing, the rug he pulls out from under us collectively with Death Stranding when it comes out? Like, what do you, what do you think he's going to do, wild guess, to, like, 
fuck up our idea of what this game should be. I mean, I think there's a whole part of the game that's just not even being touched, not being explained. That being, I mean, they've alluded to some kind of maybe flashbacks to, you know, oil-covered streets and soldiers and things. I think there's a lot more actual gameplay there than is being revealed at this point. So I don't know if you're going to end up like bouncing back and forth between the two eras or, or what. Um, but my sense is that's what the, the twist is. Absolutely. As I know the joke is, uh, Oh, the walking. <laughs> There's going to yeah. be so much to do in that game. You won't know. What it starts. I guarantee it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling nervous. I think it's going to be like, like MGS five was overwhelming. And I think this one's going to maybe, I mean, as far as scale goes, maybe not blow it out of the water will be on a bigger scale. It's going to be a lot deeper. Yeah. I mean, the good news is that MGS five proved that Kojima can build a mechanically competent game and a a, a very mechanically diverse game. And they picked a really solid engine in the uh, horizon zero dawn engine. So, whatever combat and action we do end up getting, I think is going to be good. Um, so I don't think we have to worry about that. It's a question of whether Kojima Unchained is a good thing or not. I hope it's a good thing. I personally, I'm really excited whether it's a good thing or not. Like the idea that he'll, he's going to make like some completely unwieldy, impossible, dense, impenetrable fucking like nonsense nightmare project excites me just as much as the idea of him making a like groundbreaking masterpiece yes yes (laughs) uh either way i look forward to the eight hour inevitable eight hour youtube analysis videos looking at the the symbols throughout the game and Mm -hmm. uh you know all that bullshit that they've already done for metal gear yeah i can't wait to see all the performances in the game too norman reedus is so good incredible in it for sure mm-hmm. yeah you know kojima his there's no better director in gaming is there like his man his scenes the way they flow can't wait to see yep yep the cinematography is always very good even dating back to the uh, metal gear solid yeah. some of the cinematic camera work and stuff you could see his influence of uh, you know from 80s action movies and yeah and noir kind of themes i mean i think it's gonna be amazing yeah i can't wait cannot wait i i actually i haven't finished gs5 yet i've been when the split occurred between konami and kojima man i couldn't come to terms with the fact that metal gear was dead and uh so i i got about halfway through mgs been waiting for the moments where I can finally lay the series to rest. And I think next month, in anticipation of Death Strand, <laughs> finally, I'm going <laughs> to move on and look towards the future. Yeah, I think it's deeper than it gets credit for. Uh, yeah. You definitely have to listen to all the cassette tapes, though. But there's some really great yeah. scenes in the back half of that, even if it, it wraps up a little bit quickly and sort of like they were shuffling Kojima out the door, you know, right. just ignore that. And, you know, <laughs> right. I remember like where I left off, I had defeated, uh, Sahelanthropus. So okay. You know, you know, roughly how much longer I had. Oh, you got lots, lots to go. You got a good journey, buddy. Excellent. Good. It's so like I said, I've been waiting for it. I've been waiting for the time. Late to rest. Speaking of uh, being laid to rest, that's uh, probably going to do it for this episode of Press X to Podcast. And uh, that, thanks very much to all of you who've been listening and have come this far, because uh, I know that's not a that's not a given. When you listen to a podcast, you're always jumping around. So if you're hearing me talk right now, thank you for listening, and uh, thank you, James and Rhett, for coming along for the ride. Hey, it's it's been a blast. Any uh, parting words? Wisdom non-wisdom kojima-isms i'll take anything um i think that it's going to be kind of an insane season for games and if you're making any plans 
clear out any part of your backlog, you're probably already too late. Yeah. But, you know, maybe like dig deep, knuckles down, and see if you can make some headway before like the next flood of releases. You might be doomed, but hey, fuck it, try anyway. That's great advice, James, because I still need to play Resident Evil. <laughs> Seven? The two remake. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm waiting for that one, too. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's get out of here, guys. All right. Again, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you next time right here on Press X, the podcast. See you later. Thanks. Bye-bye.